Welcome to the Website Coach Podcast, the podcast for entrepreneurs and small business owners that want a winning website, one that attracts more visitors and helps them book more clients. I'm Marie Brown, a website designer and business strategist, and I'll be sharing simple and actionable tips to help you create a winning website. So let's get started. Hello, welcome back to the Website Coach Podcast. This week we're on episode number 59, which I must admit I find quite unbelievable. If you haven't listened to many, I'm going to refer back to quite a number in this episode and I really do recommend they're a fantastic resource. So do go back and have a listen to a few more if you find this episode useful. And if listening to my voice is too much for you, then certainly the solo episodes of this podcast do have a blog post to go with them. So you can always have a peek at those and get the information that you need from that. So this week, I'm talking about which pages you should have on your website. This may seem like an easy question to answer, but as I've been finding when I talk with clients in my website business, it's not necessarily the same for everyone. There are, of course, some obvious pages that everyone needs. Then it's a question of thinking about what potential clients need to know in order to decide whether to take the next step with you or not. And then there are some other pages which might be relevant and helpful to you too. And I'm going to go into those in this episode. But every page on your website should have a job. It needs to add something. It needs to be valuable. Otherwise, you're just either wasting your time writing it, or worse, wasting potential clients' time. And that means they're more likely to get bored or distracted and leave without doing what you want them to do. And we don't want to have that, do we? Now, the pages I've set out here in this episode are the key ones that a service-based business should have. If you're running an e-commerce store, then you're going to need slightly different pages, including obviously a shop page, but also things like accounts page, etc. So the first page that every website should have is a home page. It's a page many visitors will land on first. Though they might land on a blog page if your blog drives traffic from search engines or a landing page if you're using ads. Now, I talk in depth about what you should have on a website homepage in the very first episode of this podcast, which I repeated on episode 48 because it's such a popular episode. The role of your homepage is very clear. Its purpose is to show people they've come to the right place or they haven't, as the case might be. But if they have, it's worth investing their time in this website because it looks like you can help them. And then to signpost them where to go next. Okay, that's three jobs it has to do. (laughs) This is a busy page, but it needs to be good. Seriously, though, this is the page of the website you need to ensure really is the best it can be. It's the page to really invest your time and effort in. Because if you don't get this page right, people won't go any further. So the second page you should have on your website is your about page. And you might have heard people say this page isn't about you. It's about your client or potential client. Now, I don't think that's quite right either. I like to think of this page as the why you page. Because it's about both you and your potential client. It's a difficult page to get right. People either tend to write way too much and bore the pants off the readers, 
my grandfather started this business in 1971, is not the best introduction. Yes, it might be interesting and it might be relevant, but don't start there. Or they kind of miss the point of the page. Now, if you go back and listen to episode 19 of the podcast, I go into much more detail about what should be on this page. So that is definitely worth a listen or a re-listen. But the key thing is to know who you're writing it for and how you would explain to that person why you're the right person for what they need. The third page everybody should have is a contact page. Do you need a contact page? You might ask, can't you just put your contact details in the footer? Well, I'd highly recommend having a separate page. Okay, you want people to contact you. Therefore, you need to make it easy for them. Visitors expect to see your contact button on the header menu. Yes, you can add a contact button that you can click on and it takes you to the relevant footer section. But a separate page is so much cleaner. Having a separate contact page also gives you the opportunity not just to share your contact details, but also to let visitors know who will answer and or perhaps how long to expect for a response. You can also add in forms that collect the information you really need, like which service they're interested in. Or if you're, for example, um, in the more medical field, you might be co collecting additional information. If you're very clever, or use a professional, you can even tie in contact forms to your client relationship management tool, CRM. So I use Dubsado, for example. So this is not a page I'd recommend skipping. The fourth page, which is critical, is your service page or service pages. Service pages set out the services you offer. And I consider these to be slightly different to sales pages, which we will come on to. Now, I recommend setting out pricing on this page or the pages. And I've got a whole podcast episode about why it's a good idea to include prices on your website. It's episode 12. And you should include testimonials here too. In fact, testimonials should be used throughout your website, but they're particularly valuable here. I'm not a fan of separate testimonials pages. Have you ever read one? Seriously? You get about three testimonials down and your eyes begin to glaze over. And you rarely get to the one that you think, oh, that could be me. And I'm also not a fan of separate pricing pages generally. Put them on with the service descriptions. Should you just have the one services page or do you need to separate out your services? Well, <laughs> that depends. Obviously, if you just offer one service which solves one kind of problem, you just need one page. But what if you offer several services? Well, if they solve the same kind of problem, but in slightly different ways, you can get away with putting them all on one page, provided that doesn't make the page too long. Nobody wants to keep scrolling to find what they need. You need to be more disciplined in what you write about each if you do this although that is never a bad thing anyway. But if you offer different services for different people or different problems, then you should think about putting them on separate pages. I'm in the process of building a website for a mobile bar business. They offer the same bar or bars to weddings, events and corporate events. But we've put these on different pages because they're very different audiences. And corporates don't necessarily relate to images from weddings. 
and the packages are slightly different for each too. Sometimes it might make sense to have different pages when actually the service is exactly the same, but the problem people are coming to you with is slightly different, or maybe it's a slightly different audience. So we've certainly done that, for example, for Solutions Focus Therapists, where when we built their website, we actually had a number of different pages because people come wanting to um, help them to deal with, for example, anxiety or problems sleeping, or it might be to stop smoking. While the solution is very, very similar, and the package and pricing is exactly the same, the way people relate to it is very different. Okay, we're now getting onto pages which not everybody needs. So the next kind of page is what I term information pages. So depending upon what you do, there might be quite a lot of information you need to answer, which questions that potential clients might have before buying or getting in touch with you. And some of these pieces of information might be so important they're on the home page or services page. For example, how many people can your venue cater for? But otherwise, you might have a separate relevant page or a frequently asked questions page. We've built a few websites now for wedding venues. If there is accommodation on site, we usually put this information on a separate page. So we can set out the various rooms, what's included, etc. This is very relevant information, but it's much better on a separate page to the wedding services page. For a start, it would make the wedding services page just way too long. We might also have a separate page with a process so potential clients understand what's involved. A how we work kind of page. Alternatively, you could scoop everything up into a frequently asked questions page, which gives all the information someone might need before getting in touch with you. Information which doesn't necessarily lend itself to other pages. Because sometimes people might not want to speak to you or email you to find out, and especially if it's a deal breaker for them. Okay, the next page I want to talk about is the blog page. And if you listen to this podcast often, you probably know I'm a big fan of blogging. In fact, I did a whole episode on why you should blog. <laughs> That's episode number 23. And in fact, I've published over 60 blog posts on my own website, Beyond the Kitchen Table. Yes, I don't just talk about blogging, but I do put it into action too. And without wishing to steal the thunder of that episode all about blogging, the reasons you should think about blogging are, number one, it shows your authority. So I blog about all sorts of things related to websites and marketing. It shows that I've got a wide knowledge and that you can trust me to do a good job on your website. The second reason is it's good for SEO. We get a lot of website traffic to my blog posts because a couple of the posts rank highly for certain terms or questions that potential clients ask. And then the third reason is because you can repurpose the content across all forms of social media. So I regularly get about 10 to 15 Instagram posts and reels from a single blog article. And in fact, this podcast episode is also a blog post. And I do intend to actually, it's a really good one for repurposing. So I do intend, you, you'll see some stuff on my Instagram page. Uh, if you follow me on Instagram, I'm at beyond the KT. So watch out for some repurposed uh, posts of this uh, podcast and blog article. And of course, if you do have a blog, then you should have a blog page which sets out all your blog articles. Okay, the next kind of page is a portfolio or case study page. 
And while I'm not a fan of a separate page for testimonials, I'm a big fan of a separate page for your portfolio or case studies of clients you've worked with. It depends upon the kind of work you do, of course. But our portfolio page is one of the most viewed pages on our website. Visitors want to see what you've done. They want to see how you've helped other people just like them. And of course, these are longer stories and so don't fit so well on other pages. And also, not everyone wants to read every case study, so you need to allow visitors to choose the ones they want to read. You might even choose to categorise them. We did that for a garden designer whose website we built recently. The portfolio page has different categories like contemporary gardens, cottage gardens and formal gardens. So website visitors can see examples of the kind of gardens they're interested in. They don't have to go through the others if they don't want to. Now there are many other pages that you might want to consider adding to your website depending upon what you do. So the first is an events or workshops type page. If you regularly hold events or go to events or workshops, same thing as my team would say, <laughs> then you might want to have a separate page for these. If you do, then I would like this to go back to your other services so that people who can't make those dates can see how else you can help them. If you sell physical goods or downloads, you might want a separate shop page. You could, of course, just include these in with the relevant services. So when we built the website for Fleur McCrone's fine styling business, we added her DIY wardrobe edit ebook to her wardrobe edit page rather than having a separate shop page. It made sense to do that rather than have a separate shop page. And for the same website, we actually added a sustainability page. Eco-credentials, social responsibility, etc. are big topics now. And many clients want to understand what you do in relation to these. Now you can address it in an about page or even on your home page. But if it's important enough, it may warrant its own page. If you host your own podcast like I do, then you should have a separate page with your podcast episodes on. Many podcast hosts provide links you can embed on your website. So we use Captivate as our podcast host, and they even have their own plugin for WordPress website, which means it automatically adds the latest episode. And yes, it means one less thing for me to do each week. And I'm hugely grateful that actually they automatically add the latest episode. If you're trying to get press for you or your business, then it's worthwhile having a good media page. This would allow any journalists, etc., to look at what you can talk about and the press you've already been in. You could also add a bio and images that journalists can down download and use. You want to make their job as easy as possible. And a media page is also good for people who are looking for podcast guests too. Um, if you do have a media page on your website, then do make sure you keep it up to date. There's nothing worse than an out-of-date media page. Now, I am completely guilty of this. <laughs> And I really do need, I do have a media page on my website and I really, really need to go back and update it because it has been well over a year since I last did that. So I'm going to heed this advice myself. You can check up on me if you want. <laughs> and similarly, if you're looking to get booked for speaking gigs, then having a separate speaking page is a good idea. We've done this for another client recently. 
You can include some video clips of you speaking at other events. These do not need to be very long. But it's a really good way for people who are looking to book speakers to see what you would be like. And you should include the kind of topics that you speak on. And of course, you should include some reviews or testimonials from events where you have presented. I touched briefly earlier on the idea of sales pages, and it might be that it's appropriate for you to have a sales page or maybe more than one on your website. Sales pages are usually used as the end page that somebody would go to for for example, an ad or indeed um, a social media promotion that you might be running. And it's where they can find out much more about a particular offer that you have. So they're quite often used for people when they are looking to sign people up for courses, for example, or workshops as well. And they're often set out slightly differently and they may not necessarily have a menu at the top or a footer at the bottom because you don't want to distract people from going anywhere else on your website. You want them to stay on that sales page and do whatever it is that you want them to do on that sales page, for example, buy. So, but you can do those on your website. You don't have to use a separate piece of software uh, like ClickFunnels or any other sales funnel software. Website's perfectly good way of doing that. The ninth kind of page that I want to talk about is legal pages. Now, I am not a lawyer, so there we go. That's my disclaimer. <laughs> but there are certain legal pages which you should consider adding to your website. Website terms and conditions set out the terms on which someone can view your website. And they state things like the copyright belongs to you. For example, you know, they can't just copy things from your website without your express permission. And that you're not responsible for any viruses as a result of visiting your website. They're pretty simple legal documents. Every business which collects private information, which is basically every business, needs to have a privacy policy. It is the law. It's a good idea to include this on your website so that people can read it before they give you any kind of private information, like their name and email or phone number. Yes, that is private information. And if you use cookies on your website, you need to display your cookies policy. It is not enough to state that your website uses cookies and by continuing to use the website, they consent to the use of cookies. I see a lot of websites with that on. But you have to state your policy and you have to allow visitors the right to opt out of all non-essential cookies before those cookies fire. And there are various different checkers that you can run to see if you're using cookies. If you are using any form of analytics software, for example, Google Analytics, then you will likely be using cookies. There are a few actually that are out there on the market now, which you have to pay for, which don't use cookies, but most of them do. And if you need any help with any of these legal policies, then we've teamed up with a company called Termageddon who can guide you through writing these policies. And I put a link to Termageddon in the show notes. Or of course, better still is to consult a lawyer. Okay, so I have covered in this episode a lot of different pages that you could have on your website. Not all of them will make sense for everybody. You need to choose which ones are most relevant for you. At its most basic, I recommend everyone should have separate pages for their homepage, about themselves, services page, and contact page 
plus the relevant legal pages. And I will say actually, just finally on legal pages, is it does depend upon which country you operate in and where you get your clients from. It might also make sense to have other services pages, an FAQ page, a portfolio or case study page, events page and or a shop page. If you blog, then obviously include a blog page. If you post a podcast, then you should add a podcast page. If you want to get in the press, a media page. And of course, if you're looking for speaking gigs, then a speaking page. Now, I appreciate that can be a lot of pages. <laughs> it can be overwhelming, I know. You don't need to have them all at once. In fact, I would recommend starting with your basic pages and then adding the others as you need them. And critically, and I really want you to remember this, not all of your pages need to be on your menu at the top. In fact, I'd recommend no more than six or seven go on this navigation menu. You can add more through a drop down if you like, but you can also add links in from other pages and you can use the footer at the bottom. I'd certainly recommend you don't waste valuable space at the top of each page on setting out the fact you've got your legal pages. They can definitely go in the footer. Now, I'm sure there are many other pages you can add to a website. You're probably going to tell me that the number that I have missed. <laughs> Feel free. It's a case of thinking what your target audience needs to know before mapping out the relevant pages. So I hope you have found that useful. That's all I've got to say on the various different pages, but I will be doing some repurposing of this episode over on Instagram and adding in some other hints and tips. So do come and follow me over there if you like. I'm at Beyond the KT. And if there's anybody you think that would benefit from listening to this episode who might be planning their website or planning a new website, please do give them the link. Much appreciated. Have a great week and I will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to follow or subscribe so that you don't miss future episodes. And I'd really appreciate it if you could leave a five-star review. That makes a massive difference as to whether Apple shows my podcasts more widely. And head over to my website, beyondthekitchentable.co.uk, where you can find all the ways you can work with me, whether you're just starting out, looking to grow your business or scaling it. And see you next week.